Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. The way we receive information has changed over the last couple of decades. Even television has changed dramatically. Of course, Las Vegas is on the cutting edge of these changes. Today, you'll meet a man that's on the forefront of this evolution. His name is John Fondy, and he is the founder of the Las Vegas TV Network, which is located at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is also here. Today, he's going to discuss how Vegas will deal with the fact that we have so many arenas. And once the pandemic ends, are they going to be able to be filled? And what if they aren't filled? Finally, our good friend Mike Ross, master barbecue chef from Jesse Ray's Barbecue, is here to discuss barbecue do's and don'ts for the upcoming good weather. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go Let's face it, we all watch TV way differently than we did 20 years ago. Back then, maybe you had cable, satellite was just starting to come into play, and that was it. Otherwise, you had your TV rabbit ears up, and you were trying to get in uh, the three, four, five channels, depending on where you lived. That's completely changed now. The world comes to you thanks to a thing called streaming. And we've got a guy that's really on the forefront of the possibilities there, and his name is John Fondy, and I think it's appropriate that John's with us because John's been in the business a little while. He's not some tech whiz that just came up and decided to change things. John, 40 years in the business, this has to be a big change to you. Yeah, and it's really kind of unique, uh, Stephen, in the fact that I, I really did start out with those those uh, three channels, three or four channels, and have kind of stayed in the business through all those additions and changes and stuff. And I've seen every every type of tape format <laughs> that, is, that, that is out there, and uh and so it has been an interesting ride, and um, and you're right. I am no tech savvy. I had to learn all this stuff from the ground up, and uh, I didn't go to school to to uh, to learn it. I just kind of did the on the job training portion of it, and uh, have built it into a fairly successful career that I'm just getting ready here to kind of wind things down here and ride off into the sunset. Well, you had to be excited because having been in the business for a while, I think you figured out right away that, wow, what can we do with this? And suddenly that big limitation of those few channels that we talked about, those three networks and so forth, it's opened it up for everybody in the business, not just on the entertainment side, but on the technical side and so forth, really kind of widens what you can do with video. Well, it, it does. And what we've basically seen, uh, you know, as the different cable networks have been evolving and stuff like that, there still is a need for content. There's still a need for programming. And uh, two of the things that I've really seen that have changed in the last five years is, is one, um, we really now have a demand or a desire uh, to create programming 
But unfortunately, with everything that's gone on now, the uh, the networks and the studios don't have those budgets like they did before. So the way that you got your TV show on the air is is 180 degrees different than the way you used to used to do things. Yeah, and I got to think it's a little like in the music industry, YouTube has opened up possibilities and so forth that just weren't there before. This has to be the same way. You might have a great idea and... Maybe it would have been hard in the old days to sell somebody because it's so out of the box. But now, if you've got a little time and really not a lot of money, you can do this. And if it happens to catch on, uh, wow, what a career you're going to have. Well, that's so true. And we find that here. Uh, we're, we're not only a, uh, a national, international television network, but we're also a full-service production company as well. And we've really noticed now that... Uh, with some of the technologies that, that's out there, we can actually create uh, television episodes uh, basically starting at um, $250. And that's that's kind of unheard of nowadays. And, and we produce good, strong uh, programming as well. So it's not like a... Um, it's not like a something you'd see on YouTube or on, on Zoom or something like that. These are, these are real high-definition television shows. So we're excited about being able to offer Hollywood production at friends and family prices as well. So that gives us a good feeling. Now, everybody can get into business if they'd like to. Well, I think everybody right now wants to know exactly what we're talking about. It's called the Las Vegas TV Network. Easy to remember. Uh, you can find it online at VegasTVProduction.com. And really, you're really right on the money when you say that, John, because you can – Take stuff. I mean, you mentioned Zoom, and everybody now, because of the pandemic, all had that experience. We've all been on those type of calls, whether it's for friends and family or in our business and so forth. And you were telling me that you could actually help somebody take that concept and clean it up in a way that you're not even seeing on some of the commercial TV stations at this point. Uh, some of the stuff you guys have is really better than some of the guys in, uh, reporting for something from the garage. Well, I think you're right, and, uh, you know, Zoom was the greatest thing, uh, you know, at the beginning of last year, we uh, we, just was, we just thought Zoom was the greatest thing that there was out there, and then I think, I think people started abusing it, if you will, and the quality of their productions, i.e. sitting on the end of their bed in their pajamas and uh, conducting business, and we actually give training that goes along with our product as well, too, the right way to do uh, uh, a television show using the, the camera on your computer and your microphone, and then we take that magic and really turn that into uh, something that's quite a bit different. So that's really catching on a, a lot with us here in our, in our studio. And, of course, we still do the traditional stuff. We've got three studios here, and... Uh, and uh, we've got, you know, different types of software, and we still do location work. And, and the great thing about it is people can, if they've already got a show that's produced, they can come to us, and we can offer right now, Stephen, about 200 million potential viewers, and we are just signed a, a new contract where we're adding another 90 million viewers and uh, 47 different countries that that launches at the end of March and so it's just so much has changed since I spoke to you last back in late late February 
Well, people were fascinated by that. We got a lot of response for it, and it was just great to follow up on this because, yeah, it's amazing how fast the year's going. I want to know, you're a guy that's done marketing as part of your whole background and so forth. Can you help people? Because I got a feeling part of this is people are going to go, wow, I got this great idea. I think it's really good. Everybody I've shown it to likes it. But it's more than just that. you got to be able to market it. Can you kind of give them a hand with that in terms of, well, you can't do it for them necessarily, but you can at least help them where to go, how to sell, so forth? Well, yeah, and the other thing is one of our product uh, additions uh, uh, that we started last year is we also have a very, very strong uh, uh, social media team. And so so we're able to take product and put it up on my network and then drive traffic to those shows. And in many cases, um, you know, content, you know, acquisition companies, you know, they're people too. So they look at, they look at social media and particularly in the different genres, if you will. And, um, and so, uh, but, but, but the great thing about it is we're not dependent on anybody. More with John Fondy, who has over 40 years of experience in television, public relations, and marketing in just a moment. Please remember to visit Vegas Never Sleeps online for the best in Vegas. It's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. And later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, we'll talk with a couple of journalistic icons, Jerry Eisenberg and Larry Merchant. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20.
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to John Fondy, who has built the Las Vegas Television Network. We offer three core values. One, we give Hollywood uh, Hollywood uh, quality production at, at family-friendly prices. Uh, number two, uh, we're one of the only production companies that can absolutely guarantee distribution, meaning that if you if we produce your show or you work with us, we can guarantee that your show is going to get on the air. And this is, uh, you know, in Internet TV, streaming, cable, satellite. It's, it's a broad mix of all of that stuff. And the, the thing we're most proud of now that we just uh, signed a contract uh, last month is that we offer in-house financing, which it'd be hard-pressed to find a production company that will do that now. No, you're not kidding. And, uh, <laughs> you're not so, kidding. Uh, so we're really we're we're excited. Our clients are excited, and uh, and we're just kind of just chipping away at it. We still got that no attitudes. Just have some fun and do your job, and and uh, let's produce some some good quality TV. More with John Fondy in just a moment. Before the pandemic hit, it seemed that Vegas couldn't build entertainment venues fast enough. Obviously, a lot of that stopped last year, but once things get back to normal, those facilities will be built. The question is, will there be an audience to keep them filled? Let's check with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. This town is known for showrooms, but now, like you were mentioning with these residencies and stuff, what is going on? Uh, you wrote in a blog, there was like 11 arenas or places, I mean, we're talking about big places from the Raider Stadium onto like full-size arenas and stuff. What's going on? I mean, again, how are they ever going to have this many seats filled? I mean, how many events can be going on at once? Well, if you add up the numbers of all the seats available now and the ones coming up, it is a staggering number, uh, which many people feel is unrealistic to try and fill. That The demand even if it's high, it, there are a lot of venues and they're all vying for the same acts and the same, you know, do, you know, the share of the wallet. So the idea is that everybody's going to grow the overall demand and that everybody will be able to share in that. But, you know, when you have venues the size of, a, of an NFL stadium and you have T-Mobile Arena and you have, you know, the, even the Coliseum or the, or the Park Theater, you're getting really big acts. Your, these tickets are for someone like Lady Gaga are going to be two to three hundred dollars a pop. It's it is a response to the idea that that's what people want and they're willing to pay for it. They're not gambling as much, so the trend is live entertainment. So every nobody wants to be left out. So you got Sands building a brand new entertainment arena. Uh, they're working with uh, the folks in New York. What's the name of the thing? Madison Square Garden, right? They're the partner in this. It's it's amazing because they just keep they keep making more. Who knows when the saturation point will hit? But they're not thinking about a year from now. These companies are thinking about three years and five years and ten years down the road, and they assume that the 
the demand is going to continue, visitation is going to increase, and they're going to have to have a venue that's going to compete with the other venues in town because you get people in for the shows. They come in and they gamble. They spend money in your restaurants and your bars. You don't want to be left out of that world. It strikes me, though, what you're saying is you're not sure how these are all going to go. So, I mean, are we going to have the typical Vegas answer then that maybe three or five years from now, the two or three that don't do well, we'll just implode them and put something else up? It's true. I mean, nothing is uh, forever. uh, One of the more interesting things that's happening now is you look at the Monte Carlo. They spent a huge amount of money, maybe 90 or 100 million dollars on this kind of row of restaurants and venues up front. It is three years later, and they have demolished the whole thing because they are changing uh, the Monte Carlo to the Park MGM. And it's amazing to see, like, hey, that we needed it. Now we don't need it. It's just gone. And you will never know that those places existed there for that three years. And it was a huge amount of money. But they figure we're going to make even more now because we're going to up our room rates. We're going to get a different kind of clientele. So I think it's absolutely true. Of course, you don't want to build an NFL stadium and then have to knock that thing down. But some of the other venues, they figure, what have we got to lose? We, we you know, if we want to put a convention in here, we can use it first. You know, a lot of these spaces aren't just for sports or just entertainment. They're true. Truly multi-use. They're flexible venues. So, hey, if you if you can't get a headliner, you go, you'll have something else you can put in there. And like you said, overall, if it doesn't work out, let's let's build the next big thing. Do you think that's really the mystique of Las Vegas? Is that people aren't afraid to fail and they'll risk, and if it doesn't work, they'll try something else. It's really kind of unique in that regard. It happens over and over. It's, it's an adventurous uh, spirit, I think, that keeps these things built. But there's also this optimism, which is perfectly suited to Las Vegas because Las Vegas is a city built on optimism. When you sit down at a slot machine, more than likely you know that the odds are in favor of the house. It doesn't matter because optimism reigns. You could be the one. And that's what these business owners and these companies are. I could be the one. Why not? And, and there's so many kind of backup plans that they have. You know, there's always these, you know, there's a lot of smart lawyers and business people who are kind of like, hey, even if this doesn't work out, here's, here's B and C and D. These are the plans that I've got, whether it's bankruptcy or foreclosure, whatever it is. Like, eh, yeah, I borrowed money, but it's all, it's all f- just flows, you know, make it up another way or I'll, sp- I'll find some other endeavor that will click. But yeah, it's, it is definitely, it is so funny because it's kind of like a gambling analogy. Like you spin the wheel, some are going to hit, some aren't going to hit. But you, the only way you know is to go do it. You don't make money from having an empty lot. You got to build something. You got to come up with a concept. You got to try it. Hope that you don't do too much damage and hope that you've done kind of done your homework, too. You know, these are really smart people. They're not just out there kind of like, well, maybe that'll stick. No, they they know the market in most cases. In many cases, they they know from experience. This is what works. This is what doesn't. The only thing they freak out about now is they don't know how to deal with the next generation or the next two generations of Las Vegas visitors because they're scrambling. They're trying to do esports. They're trying to do all this, you know, virtual reality. Like, is that really going to be a thing? Who knows? So they're scrambling in that regard. But in in most cases, they have sound business uh, expertise and experience behind them to help make those decisions. Thanks, Scott. 
Remember to visit VitalVegas.com every day. No one knows Vegas better than Scott, and you'll love to be right up to the minute on what's happening around town. If you love classic sports, you're going to love Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rock and Tours. Sports R-A-C-X. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. Place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with John Fondy, leader of the Las Vegas Television Network, which produces reality shows and pilots, multi-camera live, switch sporting and entertainment events, game shows, commercial videos, corporate videos, and much more. Well, some of the things you're talking about, John, five or ten years ago, I, I, I'll be honest, I'd laugh at you because, yeah, that's great. Nobody's going to pick this up because anybody could produce something for a lot of money, but that doesn't mean you were going to get any play. But I think the market, I mean, you mentioned social media. You have to do that. And I, I think now people that are looking for this, I mean, even just the audience, they're looking in a lot more places. I mean, my kids don't watch TV with cable anymore. They watch it through their phones and through these uh, streaming services. So I think the audience out there in general is open to what you can produce. Yeah, it is It is quite a bit different now. And uh, so we were in beta mode for about three years, and now we've been out of beta mode for about two and a half years now. And uh, and uh, we're just not going to look back, and we're just ready for all the changes that are out there, and um, just trying to uh, keep our uh, keep our our nose to the grindstone and, and do what we do best, and leave the rest of it up to people that are a lot smarter than me. Well, John, you came from that traditional world. I mean, you were part of uh, the Young and the Restless. Anybody that grew up in those days. At least when they were sick, probably watched that at home, and people that were around in the daytime watched it and so forth. So, you know, you've been in the the real world of TV. So what was the point where you saw, like, hey, the streaming stuff really is going somewhere. It's not a fad or anything like that. This is going to hit. Well, that was that was about uh, about five, five years ago. Um, when uh, when it was first really first kind of on the on the scene and uh and i had done a streaming show here in las vegas one of the first shows to actually air uh, on a website it was a it was a live news broadcast and uh, i thought to myself uh the quality wasn't very good and, and i thought i don't know if this is going to take off and but i kept my 
keep my ear to the ground and, and I could see it, it started to grow and, and I just uh, immersed myself in learning and I, I just contacted all the different services that were out there and of course, you know, uh, Hulu was doing really, really well and uh, there's a couple of platforms that started doing really well and, and uh, then a few other people kind of jumped into the fray and uh, and to the point of where we now have companies that manage our streaming for us and uh, so we're on uh, we're on four different well, well next the end of next month uh, we'll be on our fourth platform and now we're starting to get phone calls you know literally every week of somebody wanting us to be on their television show their their television or their podcast and um and so um people so i guess it was worth it i guess what i'm saying is is the hard work was a lot of fun and it's always always something different always learning something new and you know i'm on the campus of unlv here in las vegas so i get to work with some of the most brilliant young minds uh, that are going uh through their their degree i'm i'm where the i'm in the building of uh journalism and media studies and uh so i actually use these these young kids to uh or young adults uh i use them on my hollywood production shows so they get they get real hollywood experience uh, so it really is a real win-win for all of us well and unlv has got a great reputation for anything to do with the world of entertainment for obvious reasons so that makes a lot of sense and to have access to what is in that is on that campus is a win-win both for the students because they're playing with the pros, but also for you to get some of these great minds and it's just such a big difference. I keep thinking in my mind of Wayne's World, you know, and a couple of guys, and that's kind of where this started. But now it, it it's completely different. People do it seriously, and I I got to ask you from a video standpoint, as I work in the world of audio and I've been in radio for a long time. I realize what a difference it makes when you don't have taping, you don't have to cut on an angle and all that stuff, and now there's this great software that really allows you to do incredible things that were uh, not only almost impossible to put up, but really time-consuming to the point that it wasn't cost-effective. Well, that's the key right there, Steve, is that it it uh, it was so time-consuming um, and that one, you couldn't turn shows around as fast as you needed to do. And so the time um, is is one thing that I've noticed has significantly changed, but the cost has come way down now, now as well. So, um, And I get people all the time that come to me and say, hey, I got this great idea. And it's like, okay, so sit down, <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you got. And... Uh, and so, uh, uh, fortunately, you know, the, uh, they'll, they'll tell me whatever the show is and then they'll want me to pay for it. Um, and then they'll want me to produce it and they want me to distribute it. <laughs> and I have to kind of look them in the eye and go, well, if I'm going to do all this stuff, what do I need you for? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's like, I've been producing television for 40 years. I think I can come up with a few good ideas myself. Well, that's one of the things, too, you got to tell people. Hey, now it's cost-effective to the point where you can try it out. It still takes talent. It's still The idea has to be really good. I mean, it's it's tough to make it out there. But at least you have an opportunity to um, 
not only put something out there, but when it becomes more cost-effective like this, you got more time where you can polish it, make changes, and so forth, and really develop an idea, whereas before, you either made it or you didn't. It was one at bat. That was it. Yeah, and um, and now you can do different versions with different endings, and it still is you know, affordable to then do focus groups and study groups um, so you really find out what so we all think we understand what's going on out there, but then you start showing the, your product to uh, focus groups and stuff, and you get you get the real world, uh, just to mention another show. Well, you know what's interesting is for companies to hear about this. They're going, all right, well, that's great. Somebody wants to do their fantasy TV show. Wonderful. But it makes a lot of sense for some businesses where before you had to hire a very expensive uh, consultant to come in, do this whole thing. It was really kind of out of your hands at some point. Here, you can do a lot of the stuff yourself and still make that high quality that your product is associated with because that's important too. You don't want to do stuff that looks like you did it from your phone. You know, and, it, and it's it's so true. Well, maybe not quite so much now though. The, because the phones have gotten so good, uh, <laughs> yeah. when we're when we're in uh, in tight situations, if you will, we may have one we may have one video camera, and we may have three iPhones on gimbals, and uh, and the quality uh, is 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 matched to our several thousand dollar cameras, uh, but we're able to to get in some tight places. And uh, and in many cases, not cause a big scene as well. We'll be back in a moment with more from John Fondy, leader of the Las Vegas Television Network. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? You send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you, and then I cartoon the body, and you then become part of the Portnoyed Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery which now, since its inception in 2017, has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idroppeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age, memory is the second thing that goes. Make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, you can do two things. First, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours. And secondly, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. 
perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to John Fondy, founder of the Las Vegas Television Network. You know, there's a lot of opportunities at the Las Vegas Television Network. I mean, in addition to distributing TV, film, so forth, and like we mentioned, corporate things, there's all sorts of video production. You can do voiceover work, editing, all that's there. So I guess the question, John, is people are hearing that, they're saying, well, how do we, how do, we do it? How do we get involved? So t- take them through the process. How do they find out more about what you're offering and who do they talk to? Well, yeah, sure. The uh, probably the best thing to do is uh, is go to our website, Vegas TV Production, and browse around a little bit. You actually can watch one of our streaming channels on there. It's got pictures of the studio. It's got um, um, some of the the different products that we offer as well. And then um, and then our, our phone number is also on the website as well. Um, and uh, then we we allow people to to, uh, uh, to come down and visit with us. We give them a tour of the studio. We meet with them for about 45 minutes. And at that particular point, um, we, we determine if we'd like to move to the next step or if they'd like to move to this next step. Then we, figure, then we talk a little bit about budgeting and timing and distribution. And and uh, if, they, if they do indeed need financing, um, then they basically um, – next step is they they give us a small retainer and then we start planning these uh these development sessions and then we move to pre-production then we move to uh, production and then we move to post-production and then we move to distribution and uh and all of this stuff we we kind of do it together so there are people that have never been in this business before and when i'm done with them they they do pretty darn good they really (laughs) they learn a lot and they're, they're excited about it too well, I yeah, it's definitely exciting. I think it's well worth the, the time. If you're serious at all, it's a very enjoyable process. And it really, even if you decide, gee, I'm not ready for that yet, it kind of gets your mind thinking as you leave. And I remember when we did this interview a year ago, you had mentioned some of the products you had. And I looked at a few of these, and everybody I showed it to had the same thought. You're really surprised at how good the quality is. I, I don't know if it's uh, you know kind of growing up with network TV, you think, oh, nothing else can get remotely close to it. But... In reality, the quality is pretty good. You know, it, re- it really is. And and I did spend 20 years on a tour of duty uh, in Hollywood. So I kind of moved to Las Vegas, and I didn't really know any other way of doing it other than just doing it the best I could to provide a, a really good good product for people. And like I say, keep keeping those... What I used to produce for $25,000 in Hollywood, I could produce for somewhere between $1,200 and $1,500 here in Las Vegas. And then working with the, working with UNLV, sometimes we can even bring those prices down a, 
uh, a little bit lower as well. That's fantastic. I think it's worth the look. John Fondy, thank you. Uh, we'll check back in with you again because this thing just changes like that. I mean, look at what's happened in a year. So let's tell them one more time. Where's the website, John? Sure. Uh, the, the quickest way to get there is the Las Vegas Television Network, or you can go to Vegas TV Production. And uh, our studio number is 702 919 and we actually answer our phone, believe it or not. Yeah, that's hard to believe nowadays. It's not a recorded uh, voice from the past. That's great. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we're having fun with this. Stephen, always a pleasure, man. I love working with you because you're so spot on in the way you conduct your interviews. You make, you make, you make the guy feel good. You make the guy feel comfortable. And I appreciate you taking the time for me. Well, thank you, John. Time now for a visit with Mike Ross, the man behind the wonderful food at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Today, Mike discusses some basics for the upcoming outdoor cooking season. Yeah, so the, uh, on the ribs that we do, a pretty, pretty fun method is called, they call it the three two one method, um, which is um, three hours in the smoke, two hours wrapped up, and then an hour back in the smoke. So if, if you stick to that method right there, um, it's really hard to mess up ribs. When so we do, we'll do three hours in the, on the smoker, and then when they're when they got a nice spark on them, we take them and we wrap them up, and we wrap them um, with apple juice and a little honey and butter, and we wrap make this mixture up, and then we pour it in pour it in the in the foil wrap, right? And then we um, then we co- uh, finish cooking it the rest of the way, and um, it, you know it could really really makes a good rich delicious rib with all that butter, and then we wrap it up really tight. So it doesn't steam it. You know, you just want to really help the cooking process. You don't want to steam it. It's very important. You have to wrap up really tight when you wrap up ribs. And uh, so, yeah, those are our ribs. And obviously you want to make sure that us personally and, you know, I, co- I started cooking competition. And in competition, falling off the bone is not a good thing. You know, it uh, means, actually means the ribs overcooked. So really? we, we try to uh, maintain that standard to the where you're, it's going to pull off the bone. It's not going to fall off the bone. That's kind of the... How we how we sum it up? Okay, so let's start with hamburgers then. Uh, any tricks okay. for that? Hamburgers. So uh, I know I'm not, not on the smoker, so we don't do any burgers or anything. But if uh, if you're asking me for my own personal yeah. uh, touch on burgers, uh, so what I, I, I saw this place in LA. I'm not sure the name, and they uh, what they do is they do like a smash burger, um, but they do onions in it, and like mm-hmm. shaved onions, and then they uh, put the onions over the beef, and then they smash it all together. And then cook it like that um, on the flat top. So that's how I personally do my burgers. I'll take a nice, uh, nice burger and uh, some shaved onions and just smash it all together on a super hot flat top and cook it the rest of the way. That's my that's my that's my burger recipe right there. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, a big part of barbecue, of course, is pulled pork. And depending on what part of the country you come from, you know whether it's vinegar based or tomato based, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, what do you recommend for folks that want to try pulled pork? Yeah. Um, so again, so we'll start with the cooking process. Um, it's always important to cook it, um, all the way to, um, we we usually cook our pork to about 195 degrees. Um, that's when all the, all the connective tissue starts to melt and you're able to pull your meat apart. So 195 is your target temperature. Um, first of all, um, and I, when you're talking about different styles of barbecue, me personally, most of my influence, even though I don't really have a style, 
is from Carolina. I mm-hmm. love vinegar. I love it, and I'm a big fan of mustard also. But vinegar barbecue sauces are my absolute favorite. Uh, I don't think it gets much better than that, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a super easy sauce to make. You know, you're talking uh, vinegar, salt, pepper, some red pepper flakes, maybe just a little bit of ketchup, just a tiny, tiny bit of ketchup, and that'll kick it into a different region of North Carolina. But um, it's a really simple sauce to make, and man, it just soaks in that bread and complements that pork so well. I just, I love it. It's the best. A lot of people have trouble with chicken, surprisingly. Uh, you know, yeah. it just seems, it, what, are the, what are we doing wrong, and what, what, what do we yeah. do to fix it? So the, the chicken is tricky because um, the the basic the skin the skin and the smoke and the salt basically turns to leather you know i don't know if you make know the leather making process but it's a lot like smoking smoking animal skin you know and it kind of hardens it up like that right and uh so it just it just it, 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 that, that's the biggest problem with chicken and that's again going back to the competition roots when they when they judge chicken they judge you on a bite through skin because then you know they know that you know what you're doing when you know how to get your chicken right like that. So there's a, a number of different ways to do um, to do chicken correctly. And it all depends, again, on what type of chicken that you're using. So um, if we're talking about boneless, skinless thighs, which are very popular right now, a lot of people just do boneless, skinless thighs now, uh, you just grill them at a hot heat or even smoke them at a hot heat, 325 degrees with your favorite rub on them. You get a nice, big, nice, good bark on each side, and mm-hmm. they're just basically grilled. And they, they're amazing to me. That's probably my favorite way to do chicken. So if we're doing more like uh, legs, yeah. uh, bone-in legs or quarters, and you want to do more of a smoking process, the, the temperature is going to be super important because there's a layer of fat on the back of the, of the skin, right? And this is your problem is this layer of fat in the back of the skin. That's what hardens up um, if you cook it at a slow heat with the smoke. Um, so, in the, again, going back to the competition world, what we used to do is we take the skin off the chicken and then we scrape that layer of fat off every piece of chicken. It was so annoying and gross. And then you wrap the chicken back up in it. And then it, then you get a real crispy skin because that, that's, that, that fat's not on it anymore, right? Right, right. So we used to do that, but I don't expect everyone to do that. But, you know, if you ever wanted to try it, then you can. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we, what we do is, is that we cook it at a extremely high heat. So if we're doing quarters, um, 300, 350 degrees is your, is your best, your best heat for chicken, 325, 350. If you cook your chicken at that temperature the whole way, they're going to have a great product. Thanks, Mike. Coming up next is Sports and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You can hear this week's show as well as extended interviews with our previous guests. And please follow both shows on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Madge reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!